Welcome to Healing the City Podcast. In the following episode, Jessica Dennis interviews Hannah Gomez. everybody. Thank you so much for joining us today. I'm Jessica Dennis, and I'm here with my friend Hannah Gomez. Hi, thank you for having me. Um, so yeah, I'm Hannah Gomez. Um, I used to be a school librarian. I'm now a PhD candidate at the University of Arizona studying children's and young adult literature. Um, well, you were talking about accuracy. It, it just really brings up the idea that as a parent, as a teacher, as a librarian, as anyone with books in, in or around you that will be seen by children, it's really a responsibility and a duty to look at those books and really think about, you know, what, what messages are these books sending to kids? So I have, I have the story of this one time I... Yeah, I was in a I was in a mom's group once and they were the speaker was talking about Little House on the Prairie and how I'll, she said something like, Well, you know, a lot of people don't think you should read these books anymore because there's it's problematic, but you know, it's it's okay to just just read them. Just they're such good books. And so she really like glossed over it about what, what the problematic issues were. And we don't have to get into that book because honestly, I've never read those books in my whole life. Um, so I didn't, I haven't, yeah. Wow. <laughs> I, didn't know, I didn't know exactly what she was talking about. I had to go look it up because I'd never read it. Um, but yeah, and so the question I have for you is thinking about accuracy, thinking about the implications on children, you know, what should parents or the adults who are responsible for putting these books in these kids' lives, what should they be asking themselves when they pick up a book or when they look at the collection of books that they have? So something I found, it was like a teacher friend who might have just been a parent who shared this on Facebook and said, this is like something my child's teacher put on the board and I'm now like throwing it on all of my syllabi. And it's like three questions that you should ask about your book collection or the shelf at the bookstore or whatever kind of book situation you're in, which is who writes the stories, who's missing from the stories and who benefits from the stories. Hmm. So not every book can be everything, which is I think the other problem with not having as much diversity in publishing as we should, because it's not just that we end up with stereotypes or just fewer books to choose from, but it means books are so much more expected to be everything. Right. You, know, you can't have, you can't have as many shades of things when you have like the one, I mean, publishers, publishers don't admit this, but authors will straight up talk about how like, you know, this publisher read my book and said they loved it, but they already had an Asian book for spring. So they couldn't take on another one. Like, you know, who cares that like mine's a mystery and it's, you know, Korean. And this book was like about Chinese new year and was for a different age group. But like, I mean, that is a real thing. Like, we, we're full up on our quota. They won't say they have quotas, but it's like a, a mental quota. And <laughs> there are too many stories from authors for them all to be untrue. Um, so it's definitely, 
you know, not having that means that every author of color representing a community of color has to like all of a sudden like represent everything, which is crazy because not all black people are the same, not all Latino people are the same, you know. So um, that's definitely part of it is you can't get cultural accuracy or nuance if you have like two books on a subject, you know, or with a certain type of character. Right. So part of it is just we need more because there's more than one way to be any kind of person. Yeah. Um, there, in addition to those questions, which I just, I mean, I have to ask that of myself a lot. Um, I think tracking your reading, whether it's like a notebook or Goodreads or library thing or a spreadsheet is like such a good way to periodically audit, whether you do it formally or just kind of glance through and be like, wow, like, you know what I haven't done is read anything about a Native American person all year. Um, I, I do it fairly formally because I like metrics, but you can do it informally, but keeping track of your reading and just checking in and being like, huh. Because you can also do it with like, wow, I only read mysteries. If I work with a kid who doesn't like mysteries, I'm not really going to have anything to offer them. Um, is a really good way to kind of check in with yourself and just kind of see if you're doing your job, whether it's your job as a teacher or a parent or just a global citizen. I, I think reading is everyone's job, <laughs> whether you work with kids or not. Um, so those questions and tracking your reading are, I think, a good, a good place to, to be. And then the other thing I would mention is like, the other way that not having a lot of, you know, diverse books is it's not just, you know, telling kids like that kid who's in your class and the only person, you know, who's an immigrant from this country must be exactly like this stereotype. But sometimes you internalize things that aren't even accurate about your own culture. And then it's like really off when you're like, my entire life, you know, like I'm black. How old was I when I finally learned that like, you know, the Emancipation Declaration did not, or Proclamation did not really free the slaves, like Juneteenth right. had to happen. That like, the distance between learning Emancipation Proclamation and Juneteenth was not two minutes, you know, it was a few years. Um, and that, that hurts you, like it kind of hurts your own like street cred and your black card or your Chinese card or whatever, but it's also like really tragic to not know your own history. And right. when all you're exposed to is books about like a pretty, you know, specific and, you know, homogenous type of book, you're missing out on your own, on developing your own identity and just having literally accurate thing, like just... You know, if you read a book that said that, I don't even know, Malcolm X is still alive. Like, that's just literally accurate and inaccurate in the sense of, like, if I heard about, you know, someone making, you know, tamales in a country where that's not a thing, but because it's a, you know, Latin American country, the author just threw it in. It's like, that's not, right. that's not what people do. Like, that doesn't really show that you're trying to be inclusive. It shows that you just were like... I'm going to say this is Rodriguez instead of Jones and <laughs> throw out a word that people will associate, um, but not actually know what I'm talking about. So when things ring untrue because they're like culturally inaccurate, I mean, that's also, it's offensive if you're from that group. I mean, to be like, why would you think I eat this thing or do this thing or celebrate this holiday? Right. And it's just kind of, I'm not convinced that it's much better than just not exposing a kid to a different type of group at all. If you're just kind of going to make up 
identity attributes for that group. Yeah. It reminds me of my friend telling me something that, you know, I'm from South Texas and for Christmas we did eat tamales. My grandma would make them. They were amazing. She makes the best tamales ever. Um, but then my friend who lived in El Paso, she told me that someone that she knew there said, oh, we don't eat the mal. And she's, you know, Mexican-American. She said, we don't eat the malas. The malas are what poor people eat over Christmas. Really? Yeah. And I'm like, oh, were we like, were we poor? I didn't like, what? Like, <laughs> it was news to me that this was like the way that some people thought and that not everyone ate the malas for Christmas. Mm -hmm. Right. And I was like already in my 20s when I heard this. So, yes, absolutely. Not everyone is the same. It like where you come from definitely matters. And everyone's story is unique. It also reminds me, have you read the book American Like Me by America Ferreira? No, I have not. It's really good. Um, it's just honestly, it's just a bunch of stories, a bunch of different Americans telling their story about what it means to be American to them. And every single one of them has a different story, but they're all American. So um, yeah, I just, I really like that you brought that up that not everyone's the same and not one book, one book isn't going to show you what everyone is like, you know, one book doesn't represent an entire group of, of people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I feel like that's a, I don't want to play oppression Olympics because that's not productive, but you especially, I think because less than 1% of the kids in YA books published every year about indigenous people. Like that is one of the most egregious. I mean, like you'll just see like teepees everywhere. And it's like all like every native American tribe, if you want to use that word is a nation. That's like saying like Estonia and Japan are the same, like they're different nations. Yeah. So you'll see tons of like, just, you know, like, I see a drawing of a character who's wearing, like, one thing that's Hopi, but then on her head is something that's Cherokee, and then behind her is something that's clearly, like, Algonquin, like, just people really just mash up, because they're like, I've seen this thing, and I've heard it's associated with this very broad thing, so. And it really shows, I mean, it shows, shows a lot of things, but it especially shows this internalized, like, lack of respect for certain cultures, Mm -hmm. um, you know, because you you will always see people go out of their way to like correct whether something is French or German, but yeah. somehow you know, like we have this. You know, we've all been kind of socialized to think like if it speaks Spanish, it's beneath me, or you know, if it's Native American, they're all dead now anyway, so it's all the same, and right. you know, so that's definitely part of it. Yeah, and so I think. Going back to books, it's just really important to be critical of the books that you read. Like there's enjoying the book, but then also understanding that some of it may not be accurate or some people might not be portrayed. The people that are in this book are not necessarily representative of the whole. Um, right. Like you said, if we had more authors and more books published that tell a different story and show a different way of being, then that would be great. Indeed. Okay, so the next thing that we talked about was the difference between building a social justice book list and having a book list that is socially just. How do you do one without doing the other? And why does it matter? So I think there's definitely a place for both. Um, depends what your intention is. And I mean, I come from libraries and education. So sometimes 
if you are actively trying to like build a collection or a, you know, a, a lesson plan or something, obviously you have some kind of specific goal, in which case maybe you are trying to build a book list of novels that like kind of deal with social justice in some way, in which case power to you, go find some really good books about social justice. Um, but when I had mentioned that, I think I was especially thinking of like what we would call like capital I issue books or problem novels, like in the eighties and nineties, problem novels for kids and teens were, you know, the danger of trying drugs and, you know, here's what happens if you have sex before marriage, you're definitely going to get pregnant. And, you know, here's how you resist when your friends offer you a cigarette, that kind of thing. And these days I feel like we've kind of moved to... And this isn't, problem is, this isn't the only thing people are writing. This is about who's buying the books, right? Like, publishers choosing to buy certain books. So you get a lot of, like, okay, I'll buy this book, and it's diverse. I'm so great. But it's about some big racial issue, you know, which, I mean, we need those. Like, you look around at what's happening right now, and we certainly need some novels that deal with that. But not, you know, every person of color is a person of color every day. And, and anytime you leave your house, you're going to have to contend with that. But even as a person of color, like sometimes I just need new acne medication, or sometimes I'm just mad at my friend and it has nothing to do with race. We just had a fight about what movie we should see tonight. And right. you know, sometimes there's just joy and happiness and love or just other problems that have nothing to do with your racial identity. Um, so that's where I see the difference, which is there are tons of reasons, like I said, to build a book list where you're specifically looking at social justice issues. But if you're trying to build, whether it's a collection for your kid's bedroom or your classroom or the library you work at, the bookstore you buy for, whatever, a book list that, in my view, is socially just is one that's really diverse, but not just... I looked at some book covers and they had, you know, people who look vaguely brown, so I bought them, but really like substantive books chosen with care, which is not to say you have to read everything before you decide to buy it. I mean, nobody can do that. Um, but books that reflect a lot of different types of issues, types of identities um, that are just books. And yeah. then the way you present them is also part of that. Um, so again, coming from a library perspective, there are so many listservs that I just, you know, had to quit because it would get so tiring when, you know, you would see people who literally have a master's degree in being able to find things more effectively than common people asking questions that are like, hey, does anyone know any good books? Which is like, why would you ask a bunch of book people <laughs> a question like it's like asking a chef, you know, like, hey, what is some good food? Do you, do you have recommendations for food I should eat? Um, you know, or they would just, you know, like, who has recommendations for how to build, like, a multicultural collection, you know, or, like, a multicultural display in the library? And I'm like, why do you have to make a multicultural display? Why can't you make a display that's multicultural, but that is about a a thing that any kid would want to read about, like a bunch of books about baseball or about holidays or Valentine's Day or prom or, you know, there's so many ways to organize a collection of books that have nothing to do with race or with sexuality or any other facet of marginalization you want to talk about where you can still make a point of including diverse books. 
So one thing that bothers me is when everything diverse is constantly labeled as diverse. Right. Then you're, you know, kind of falling into like books are medicine. Yeah. Oh, the point I wanted to make earlier kind of comes in here. I really hate when people say that books should teach lessons. I have to train all of my education majors out of that. And anytime I tell people what I study in grad school, I get a bunch of like, oh yeah, I mean, it's really important that like good children's books are out there. And I'm like, yes, I agree. And then like, cause you know, kids really need to learn. And I'm like, <sighs> books don't teach lessons. You always learn something from a book. That is the difference. Books do not, I mean, a good book. You can see through an author who's like, I would like to teach kids how to be. Right. And the books that kids don't like. Yeah. 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 A good book, you always take something from, but it's not, not because the author set out to teach you, which is both a good and a bad thing, because it means you could learn that, you know, all Mexican people are thugs and they all, you know, don't speak English well. Or... <laughs> Or you could learn tons of other things that are more positive, depending on the quality of the book. Yeah, so you're saying that each book gives you an idea about the world, just something, that there's always something to take away from a book. Whether that's good or bad is, is not for the book to decide, that's for you to discern, but yeah. Absolutely. You've been listening to Healing the City podcast with Jessica Dennis. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter.